podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. a Celtic state of mind tonight you find myself Paul John Dykes and Kevin McCluskey gearing up for a quite colossal challenge Kevin um, 10 years ago we faced Barcelona uh, in a game that not many people would give us a chance and uh, we did it because we're Celtic right um, is it written in the stars are we going to do anything tonight how are you feeling you know what Something about this club. Tommy Burns used to say that, didn't he? There's something about this club. There's a, a romanticism about this. And on the big big occasions, I don't know, we, all, we usually seem to pull it at the bag somehow. That game you're talking about 10 years ago, it was at the day after the 125th anniversary of the club. Mm. Barcelona, biggest club in the world at that time. And we came, or they came to Celtic Park unbeaten. And... Uh, we did it. We did it. We did the job. We stuck to the task that night. And there's just something about this club that you would not write, write us off tonight. Everything in your kind of uh, rational brain says we should lose this game because it's Real Madrid. But the more I listen to Ange Postacoglu talk as well in the pre-match and the more I just get myself excited about it, the more I'm going to convince myself we can do this. <laughs> I've been hearing about it... Um all week over the last week and I think that the confidence levels um, were really you know ramped up quite a few degrees after the the derby win the 4 nothing derby win it was so convincing as well mm-hmm. Kevin and we've been listening to Anne since he came in the door um, I remember the the mic'd up session quite a few people this week have pointed out that he was mocked in some quarters of the media for that and um, you know we loved it as a Celtic fan base we loved hearing somebody uh, with so much passion. And then he starts talking about his vision for this club. Uh, And part of that vision has come to pass is uh, progress in Europe. He's spoken about his progression in Europe. We've previously been critical of the club for not, you know, mapping out what 
is the plan? What is the strategy for Celtic in Europe? This this once great and proud club um, on this stage. Well, if we're going to do anything, uh, why not challenge ourselves against the ultimate team in European football at this moment in time? The world's most successful football club, it's got to be remembered. And they're coming to Celtic Park. I do think back to a quote from one of our previous managers where he spoke about a holy trinity that when it comes together and when it works in synergy, Kevin, uh, we can create uh, extraordinary experiences. And it is, of course, the the football players on the park, the fans um, in the stands, as I still like to call them, um, and the the football management, so Ange Postecoglou and his team. And I think we've come as close to that holy trinity as I can remember in a long, long time. And when it clicks, we could have a special occasion. I'm just waiting for anybody in the comments to try and burst their bubble tonight, Kevin. Um, we'll have a wee look at the team, but what do you think of that when it all comes together and this kind of magical experience that you get at Celtic Park? We're full of fairy tales. You know, this is a football club, as I say, and I, and I think it's been echoed this week by Ange talking about the hard-earned cash. I mean, you read that quote and, you know, all the cliches in the world... Um, couldn't make up for what Anne said there. I mean, every single person in the stadium tonight, uh, many of the Axom crew are in the stadium tonight, um, have worked hard to be there. And, you know, football and Celtic, you know, it's escapism from the drudgery of uh, working life, isn't it? And they give us experiences that otherwise we can't can't explore, we can't get anywhere else. Um, You know, it's a natural high and, and Anne gets it. He really, really understands that, doesn't he? He does. And we spoke about this at the end of last season, I think. We were discussing Ange and kind of what makes a Celtic man. And everything that he does embodies what you would just consider to be a Celtic man. Wasn't brought up in Glasgow, wasn't brought up in the culture of Celtic as the club, but everything else is just, you know, that's that's just what you expect of a Celtic man to be. The character that he's got, uh, the human empathy that he's got. Because he knows, as you say, he understands it for for every single fan of all, all the sixty thousand fans that's going to be in there tonight. Every one of them has had to make the decision to spend their hard-earned cash on buying that ticket, and he is not going to have a team go out there and underperform and make them roost in the money. We lose tonight, but we're going to go down fight, and and I think that's what it's about. He he connects fans, he connects history, the culture. And every time he puts a side out on the pitch, 100%, they're geared to win the game and they're geared to go out and, and give the support, the performances and the, the desire, the commitment that they deserve, that we deserve as the fan base. Yeah, worldwide fan base. You, of course, are tuning yep. in over in Hungary. I'm in Dow Keith. Many of the Axom squad <laughs> are in Glasgow tonight. Um, and you were talking about putting on a, a team onto that park that d- does or will do Celtic fans proud. And uh, obviously we have opinions, we have debates every single day on a Celtic state of mind talking about um, who should and shouldn't play, who should replace injured players, etc. We've all got the opinions um, and therefore... Let's have a look at the team and let's have a wee opinion on that particular side that has gone out tonight. Now, obviously, um, there has been some issues with with injuries, um, but Ange has put out the following. Joe Hart and goals. We've got Zhiranovic at right back. 
with uh, Jens and Carter Vickers uh, in the central defensive areas. First four players brought into the club by Ange Postacoglu, um, followed by Greg Taylor and Callum McGregor, who of course were already at the club. And then O'Reilly, Hatati and Yota, all brought in by Ange. And Abada and Yakamakis brought in by Postacoglu. So um, there is no doubt in Kevin that that has Ange Postacoglu's fingerprints um, and DNA all over it. Uh, and I think that the players who who have started, who were already here, um, homegrown players, I think that speaks volumes as well. And of course, the, the captain and Callum McGregor, some would have thought um, maybe wasn't the leader that we needed, but he has proved beyond doubt that he is the leader that uh, took that armband with some style from Scott Brown. Yeah, absolutely. I was one of those ones that had my doubts about Callum being a captain. As a football player, uh, I think he's tremendous. He's undroppable from the midfield. I think he's he's got the qualities and attributes that we need for a, a number six, number eight centre midfielder. Uh, I just doubted whether he had the leadership qualities, whether he was loud enough to command the dressing room. But... It turns out you don't need to be the loud man to, com- to command the dressing room. He commands it, I think, through the respect, being a top performer, being a consistent player, um, and just understanding the game and knowing the club. And I think probably that's more important than than anything. And he's um, he's absolutely, I think, you know, fulcrum of the team. Uh, I'm sorry, I've just got the the wee the wee cat coming up there, so that's why we were distracted a little bit there. <laughs> but yeah, McGregor's just he's a. Uh, He's an absolute undroppable player. And then the other one that you mentioned there that it's not been the Einstein and Greg Taylor is the other one who has he's just adapted his game to mm-hmm. become an Ange player. Mm-hmm. Because again, a lot of people would have replaced him when Ange came in. Left back's always been a problem area. But he's just adapted so well to that role that those two have kind of in effect reinvented themselves in different ways to become Ange players. That, that's really interesting because I think they have. And uh, in order to work the system that Liam talks about quite a bit when he's on the show, uh, Liam obviously was a bit of a, a student of Ange Postacoglu prior to him coming to Celtic. And he talks about the system that he builds and um, how that can benefit you as a football club without uh, having that talismanic force, that person that you build the team around. Um, so everybody's a building block. And uh, one of the benefits of that is the fact that they can when the day comes, they can be replaced and the, the team doesn't fall um, around uh, one player, you know. Um, and I think on the bench as well, it's important to note that we do have a strong bench this evening. Uh, Bain and Segrist, the two goalies. Uh, Kyogo didn't quite make it. We've seen him injuring his shoulder against uh, Rangers in the 4 nothing victory. Haksabanovic, uh, another player who we've seen fleeting glimpses of, who might be introduced at some point this evening. Um, Aaron Moy, I think, has been very impressive. Another hand signing, of course, with uh, David Turnbull on the bench, James McCarthy, Burnaby, Maeda, Forrest, Ralston and Welsh. So, again, going back to a lot of what Ange has been talking about um, in, in terms of building a squad, um, you know, even if Someone is off form tonight, maybe getting a roast in because it's going to be difficult against the Europe's finest. Um, or indeed, if they get injured, we've seen a couple of players getting injured at the weekend. You've got confidence in these guys on the bench as well, Kevin. Absolutely do. Um, and I can add on case in point, Derek, where you put it, but last season when Kyogo got injured and we knew he was going to be out for two, three, four months, you were a bit worried to who was going to come in and take on the centre-forward role because at that point, Jack Amakius, I think he was still injured or coming back, definitely hadn't kicked on in form yet. 
you're looking at going, no, is it a badder that's moving in there? We having to bring a young boy in, there's you know, square pegs and round holes kind of thing. And now Giacomacchus is flying, so if Kyogo's injury was worse than it, it seems to be, you almost wouldn't miss him as much because you know there's a ready-made replacement. Mm. And then I think you look to the bench and you go, Haksabanovic could come in and play in that role now as well. Abada does have a season under his belt and has played a decent amount of games as a centre-forward. Maeda's there, can play centre-forward. There's players that can rotate around. And it's true now, you know, certainly in Scotland, we could play a second-string team in a lot of games and still expect to win the match. Which means then when you come into the big European games, your star players can be a bit fresher. And you're also not that concerned if someone has to come off. As you say, the player that's coming on is going to be of an equal standard, really. So you're not losing anything by making a sub. And I'll, I'll pull up the, the Rodgers claxon for you on 11 minutes with the quote that you like to come out with on him, that it's not just about the start in 11, you want to end with the strongest 11 that you possibly can as well. And I think we can do that now by rotating with the subs throughout the game. Uh, without a doubt, and I, and I think there was some concerns at, at various parts of last season that um, the intensity in which we play under Ange Postecoglou might have resulted in the final third of the game uh, there being a drop off. Uh, I don't think we've seen it at all uh, in this season. We will get the Real Madrid team up just so you can uh, have a wee look at that and see if there's anybody in that team that might worry us this evening. But uh, before we do that, let's get some comments coming in from YouTube and indeed on the Celtic down under Twitter feed because we are going live out on both of these feeds and uh, Michael McDonald comes in, the Celts are here absolutely, Paul Byrne, hail hail um, are we looking at, at confidence coming in from these comments, we've heard a lot of people saying Celtic will get a result tonight I myself have said it's going to be two each uh, the Godfather comes in take it Kyogo isn't 100% as Yakamakis starts so let's talk about that one then because there are two changes of course, forced changes um, and well I say force changes. I'm guessing that Yakamakis wouldn't have started tonight had Kyogo been 100% fit, Kevin. But I want to talk about Yakamakis because he came on against Rangers and he performed in such a way that you know he could well have been a starter because of the introduction, the time that he came into the park. Um, and I think that the way that he plays, uh, obviously it's completely different from Kyogo, but it really suited the game against Rangers. How well suited is it going to be this evening, do you think? I think that's a big question for him. He's definitely a, a game type of player. There's games that suit him. And the Glasgow Derby is definitely one because it's a bit rough and tumble. He's able to put himself about and have that physical presence up there. Today's game, ah, it's a six and two threes in a way. You'd like to have seen Kyogo in there if he's fit enough because he's got that movement and he could cause uh, Madrid defence a few worries, you'd like to think. But then on the flip side, you're going to look at it and say, this might be a bit of a stereotypical view, but are the Spanish defenders going to be used to that kind of physical presence and style of play that Giacomacchus is going to bring? Because, <laughs> excuse me, the um, impressions of the Spanish game is that it's a lot quicker, a lot more nimble, kind of fleet-footed centre-forwards. Giacomacchus is a different proposition to them. I think he can cause them problems just by you know, putting himself in places where they don't want him to go. And we've spoken about this before, but he scored something like, was it 17 goals? And we reckon he's probably had 25 touches of the ball in the box. <laughs> he's a, you know, he's lightning quick when it comes to getting a shot away. So I think if he gets in there, we half a chance tonight. I think he's, he's got as good a chance as anyone of taking it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was on yesterday, Kevin. I was talking to Amy and uh, we were in good spirits following Saturday's game. So good, in fact, that I kept referring to it as yesterday and I think that was due to a lack of sleep. I, I still thought it was the day after the game. Um, but I, I was bold in my prediction. I said two each and Abada's going to open the score and I'm going to stick to that. Uh, before we get into the Real Madrid side, see if there's anybody that we should be concerned about. Uh, we mentioned earlier on that uh, 10 years ago, not to the day, but 10 years ago Celtic played Barcelona. It was on the uh, 7th of November, in actual fact. Um, and obviously, as you say, we were celebrating 125th year since the, the birth of Celtic Football Club. We came up against a side that um, had been more or less regarded as the best football team in the world, Kevin. They come into this, um, this nature of uh, Celtic football um, that at the time wasn't the kind of same style that we've got now, I don't think. There, there was a, a a different approach, I think, under Neil Lennon in that first in that first kind of you know tenure. Um however, when I look back on the actual team that we, we put out in that, that particular night, it does bring back a lot of good memories of Neil Lennon's first time as Celtic Gaffer because, you know, he was very good in the transfer market, you know. Um, he signed a lot of decent players who made Celtic a lot of money. Um, and I don't know, because obviously there are certain Celtic teams that, that kind of roll off the tongue. I don't know if this is one of them, but um, I'm going to read it out anyway. So Celtic lined up against Barcelona with Forster, Matthews, Ambrose, uh, Kelvin Wilson, Mulgrew, Lustig, Commons, Ledley, Wanyama, Miku and Samaras. Uh, on the bench were... Um, or introduced from the bench rather were Tony Watt on for Lustig and uh, Beram Kayal on for Samaras other unused subs Zaluska um, Fraser McCourt Heron and McGeoch so I think when you look at that side and in particular the bench Kevin it was a, it, I'm not, it wasn't a weak Celtic side but you're going into that, that game against Barcelona and you're asking yourself Central defensive partnership of Ambrose and Wilson um, up top. Miku, you know, I didn't really fancy my chances at the time. But even looking at, at that team group now, I don't fancy Celtic to beat Barcelona ten years ago. But we did, and this is the point, you know, because once you go out on that park and you've got that atmosphere, anything is possible, isn't it? Absolutely, is. I was actually calling up the team from that game when you were talking about it there, because trying to remind myself exactly who was in the team. And remember that Adam Matthews had an absolutely fantastic game. I think he played most of it at left back and he was a right back. So you've even got little things like that. There was a, a young, what must have been 20 year old Welshman in his first season at the club, playing mm -hmm. out of position against the biggest club in the world. Uh, Tito Villanova was the coach there. He hadn't lost a game yet at Barcelona and they were absolutely flying. You talk about it, they had you know, Iniesta, Xavi, Messi. Alexis Sanchez, Danny Alves, Jordi Alba. It's just like a, a whole host of, like, it's a who's who kind of team. And uh, oh, no, I remember that night vividly, um, mainly because I was, uh, our daughter was just about two months old at the time. My wife is fed up of hearing me telling the story, but she was like two months old at the time. She'd just gotten to sleep when, when Yama scored the first goal. So naturally, the big cheer went up, and that was that was me in the bad books. And then we just got her back down to sleep fully when Tony Watt gets the second. So <laughs> I was definitely a public enemy number one that night, but for all the good reasons. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Kev. I, but yeah, but the thing with that looking, team. Look, look at back in that game, and yeah. see with that team, mm. I had absolutely no confidence that we were going to win that game. 
and I can say it now 10 years later, probably wouldn't have said something different on the night, but there's no way that team beats the Barcelona team. There's just no way they do it. But on that night of all nights, mm. day after the 125th birthday of the club, everything that goes with Celtic, the atmosphere that we can create, and I think this is something that it gets talked about and then it gets ridiculed by fans of other clubs in a way. But the atmosphere at Celtic Park in the European night is is the best in the world. It just is. And it can, I think it can put the fear of God into the best players. Because they're used to playing in big venues and passionate atmospheres and what have you. But they've never experienced this. They've never experienced 60,000 mental Glaswegians going off their head for the full game. It must it must put the fear in you. And I think it did that night. There was a few times Barcelona just looked a bit shocked. And we took full advantage. We had to play at our best that night. We did. We won. There's no reason why we can't do the same tonight. No, I, I totally subscribe to all of that. And you know what? People might play this after the game and it may become a meme, but listen, we're at yeah. this stage right now, Kevin, right? Where the very fact we're talking about it, I think is an achievement because we have been given that belief by the team, but particularly by the manager. But when you look at that team again, that Celtic lineup, what you're looking at is kind of talismanic figures who, you know, you don't really have much belief in the central defensive partnership. As you say, there's a bit of an experience uh, with Matthews. Lustig obviously was an experienced campaigner. Um, up top, you're wondering about Kyle, still wondering about him, to be honest with you. Um, and then you've got a, a few kids on the bench. This team is completely different. So you're, you're looking at your your big players in that game. Uh, Wan Yama obviously came up trumps. Foster came up trumps the Great Wall. This time round, you're not really. Now, I know we've got entertainers, we've got creative players, we've got offensive and defensive players that you, you think are, are very, very solid um, and can you know be game changers. But that's not what this team's built on. You know, even the goals scored, when you look at last season, we didn't have a 30 or a 40 goal scorer, did we? You know, the, the goals are spread out and amongst the team, there's loads of players assisting and creating chances. Um, and then you look at the defensive record that we've had and it's been outstanding. But one thing I'm going to I'm going to ask you, and it, and it is a, around the central defensive partnership that, that lines up tonight. Um, I've been pretty impressed with, with Maurice Jens. I don't have any concerns with him whatsoever. I've seen a couple of comments coming through um, both on the comments tonight and also earlier on today, um, who reckon Welsh stood, should have started tonight. I think the best partnership when Starfelt's out at this moment in time is the one that starts tonight. Um, are you confident in, in both Carter Vickers and, and uh, Marit Shentz this evening? I am. I am. Uh, I'm a fan of Welsh. I think he's a good young player. He's a good young talent. And I don't know if this, uh, if being Scottish goes against them and you're thinking and you have that kind of unconscious bias maybe against them because of that. I probably wouldn't fancy him in this game. Uh, I just, I don't think he's quite there yet. Whereas Jens, I think he's got the experience of having played in Europe, he's played in Germany, he's played in France. Um, and when he's played for us this season so far in the games, he's looked pretty decent. He's been commanding enough in the air at both ends of the park. He scored a couple of goals. He's been a threat up there. He looks comfortable, composed on the ball, more so than I think in Welsh. Um, and the way that we're wanting to play the game, I think he just fits the style of play. I've got absolutely no problems with him coming in. I actually felt a bit sorry for him when he dropped out of the team for mm. Starfield coming back. Although I agree with the decision because I think Carter Vickers and Starfield is probably the strongest back pairing. Jens hadn't done anything to deserve being dropped or 
moved out of the side for Starfelt. Yeah, I mean, by the way, you've already picked up on the fact that I'm wearing um, a white top tonight. That has got nothing. I wasn't going to mention that in the show. Um, listen, mm-hmm. you're you can shatter superstitions by going out and winning. All right, so um, <laughs> if anything less than a win or a draw happens, it's not my fault. By the way, um, I think in terms of the Ange factor, another thing that uh, I kind of loved was, listen. I've got a lot of sympathy for journalists and all that who have to go in week in, week out and ask managers similar style questions. They don't have to, but they tend to because, you know, their editors are maybe want to find out who's been injured, etc. How do you keep up the momentum? All this kind of stuff. It gets asked every single week. But there was a, a question that came out um, and I was listening to it. Uh, we, we fired it up on the podcast earlier on, the audio stream. Uh, the, the question that was asked was all about, you know, Playing in the Bernabeu, when when that comes, is this is this going to be like the pinnacle of your football career so far, and is it going to be the best experience? And I just don't think Ange has got any time for any of that kind of stuff. Birthday card, you know what uh, I think Kevin Graham calls it, <laughs> and he basically said, "Listen, if you want the experience of the Bernabeu, go and do the tour. That's not what I'm here for. You know what I mean?" And I love that attitude, though, Kev, because he's not just saying it for effect. Just like, you know, when he's talking about the hard-earned cash and the working-class fan base, he's not saying it for effect, right? You absolutely believe that he he means every bit of it. So talking about experience, I'm looking at things like, you know, the progression of a player like Greg Taylor, who uh, was a a very, um, you know, assured domestic player at Kilmarnock. We brought him in. You thought to yourself, okay, can he adapt to coming to Celtic? Maybe taking him a wee while longer than he would have liked, but he has adapted to that. And then you've, you've then got that next step up. And Amy and I was, were talking about it yesterday in relation to Matt O'Reilly, for example, who the, his entire career has been all about taking a step up. I don't think it took him any time to adapt to Celtic. You know, he's adapted. He's now very comfortable um, and he's a first pick. The next step up is the Champions League. And I think that the same can be said for the likes of Greg Taylor. You know, he's bought a lot of Celtic fans over with his performances domestically. But it will be interesting to see guys like O'Reilly, um, who hasn't played at this level. Taylor, who has played in Europe, but he's not played Champions League football in the group stages for Celtic. Um, and, and seeing whether or not they are able to step up. Do you have any concerns that they will be? Jota's another one. Jota's another player who, you've seen him in full flight, you think, I can't wait to see him at this level on this platform Um, but obviously it is a massive step up Um, are you quite confident that you're going to see these guys stepping up tonight it is a big step up for them it is massive Uh, going from Scottish Premier League into Champions League it's it's night and day but I don't have concerns about them as such I think if they play poorly tonight it's probably because they're up against Real Madrid and someone from Madrid has marked them out the game or they've just had a lot of the ball and not allowed us to play but I think whenever Jota gets the ball tonight, he's going to play his game. He's going to run at the defender. He's going to commit him. He's going to try and do his thing. If he comes up against, likely, uh, if he's playing on the left, it'll be Carvajal. He's one of the top right backs in the world. It's going to be a test for him. But it's up to Jota to, to rise to that. And you know he's not going to back down from it. So I've, I've no fears that way. And it's the same with O'Reilly. Again, he's another one. Every single interview that he gives, he just he gives you the confidence that he knows he's a player and he knows he'll go on and play at a different level, a, a bigger level possibly than, than we can offer him consistently because that's where he deserves to be or that's where he wants to be. And I think these guys have the chance to show that the ability that we know they've got can transfer it to this level. Um, 
And as we've spoken before, to go back about Ange, he'll have them in that dressing room just now. Absolutely believe him; they can go and win the game. Again, there's no way we should win the game because it's Real Madrid. And look at the players they've got. But if you go in with that attitude, you're destined to lose. Ange will have every single one of those players believing that they can beat their man and they can win the game. And that's what breeds the confidence in, in us, I think, as well. So to answer your question, I've got no fears about any one of those players being able to stand up to their man tonight. Listen, Kev, what would be amazing, and um, they've missed the trick if they've not done it, is if you did have that kind of fly in the wall um, in the changing room for games like this. You know, Celtic probably should have been doing that with a view to releasing the Ange box set at the end of this season. Um, because you just wonder how on earth you deal with that. We've heard stories that, you know, Ange doesn't spend much time in the dressing room before a game. That's the domain of the players. He goes in and he, you know, he does his bit and he walks away. And I've seen some footage of him uh, when he was managing in Japan doing just that. Um, it, it's obviously worked. And I think that what you've got there is you've got a group of players, a smaller group of players like McGregor and, and probably Joe Hart and a few others who then take control of that dressing room. Um, and, and, you know, maybe after a few doubts early on about Callum McGregor being the captain, um, he has proved um, beyond any kind of doubt that, that he was built for that particular job. But we've got a few captains in the dressing room. I think you've got Carter Vickers as a captain. He's a leader. You've got Joe Hart, who's a leader. Um, and interestingly enough, I think that uh, Yakamakis has kind of got that about him as well up top. He might never be a captain, but he's definitely a leader and he plays that role. Um, and there's I, and some, I want to... There's something about him. Sorry, yeah. There's something about him. There's something I notice at every single goal we score that, that's not his. He's the first one to celebrate it. You know, he's not the centre forward that maybe sulks or just gives a wee clap when someone else gets the goal. He's the first one there. And I like that from him because I think that shows his his commitment and to me that's a bit of leadership as well oh yeah his commitment to the yeah. team and and you know you're talking about different levels and, and players like O'Reilly and, and Jota uh, and we were talking about this yesterday how it, it's a bit of a two way street they want a move we want the big massive you know payday that we can then go and continue to build uh, and I think that the big move that most of them are looking for is a move down south but how many clubs down south can you get this fixture how many clubs down there would you be able to, to you know, um, actually play against Real Madrid? And yes, using Yakamakis as an example, you do have to often go and play teams like Alawa Athletic and that in the cup. But that, you know, that's just a cup game. Um, the, the league isn't as strong week in, week out. And, and we know that. But the payback is nights like tonight. And I think that um, it's massive for players like O'Reilly and Yakamakis to experience that, you know, the, the day may come that they leave the club. And you look at that particular side that we read earlier in Forster left for big money, Wanyama left for big money. Um, but at the, at the same time, if you're going to be here for two or three years, the experiences that you can get will live with you forever. And you see the, the Dembele, um, the aftermath of Dembele, he's gone on to, to great things and um, you know he still loves Celtic, it's pretty clear. I'm totally aware that um, it's time to go and join the action. I'm pretty sure you'd rather watch that than, than Kevin and Paul John. So let's go and join the action. We'll come back at half-time and hopefully we are talking about uh, a fantastic performance by Celtic. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you to Kevin uh, McCluskey also for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.